0: Are you ready to get real? Welcome to Real Estate, the world's loneliest career, where you're always out of balance, unfulfilled, the role models are fake, the numbers unattainable, and you're just supposed to be and do it all. Join self-made millionaire real estate agents, wives, moms, and business owners as we level up, learn from special guests, and elevate and disrupt an entire industry through real education our way.
1: Good morning, everybody. Uh, we are so excited to be here this morning with a good uh, friend of mine, Dirk Parsons. Hi. He is a certified master inspector with DTI Property Inspections, and we are going to talk all things home inspections, which we've never done before, so I'm super excited because I think this will be very fun and very, very informative. So how long have you been an inspector?
2: I've been doing it for eight, about eight and a half years. So a long time. Long almost time. five thousand houses.
1: Whoa. So, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot.
3: It
2: is. <laughs> I've seen everything. Yes. Well, really truly not everything, but pretty close.
1: Pretty damn close to it. Yeah. So um I think like to start, um, we saw this unbelievable statistic the other day that said that I I think it was something it was something between eighty percent and ninety percent of all real estate agents in the United States this year haven't sold a house. Yes. So, you know, our mission on our podcast has always been training and teaching and empowerment. So I think to start, let's talk about, you know, the point of an inspection and how to deal with it the best way as an agent on either the buy side or the listing side. And then let's have some forestry at the end (laughs) because that would be really fun. So um, let's start with like the buyer's agent side. So how, like, tell, walk us through what you think the most important things are that an agent should be looking for, if they're there or not there at the
2: inspection. Um, I mean, the first thing is it's it's kind of hard as a buyer's agent. You know, I do, well, as a matter of fact, the last house you and I did was 7,000 square feet or something like that. So um, it took a long time. Um, there was two of us on there, but it still took quite a while. But, but one thing is, you know, some buyers insist that their buyer's agents is their buyers come some tell them to come at the end there's you can do it however you want as an inspector i prefer if they're there they kind of let me do my thing um and you've always been really good about that but there are some agents that say you have to follow him the whole time it's very distracting it's it's hard for me to do my job um but the biggest thing is to prepare your buyer for things that we that are outside of our scope um again the last house that you and i did had that super steep roof yeah that you knew no way i could walk that route so there's you know you want to prepare your buyers for that. Now there's options about that. You know, you can always have people come out and look at the roof. Roofers will come through that. But, um, but sometimes I will have a newer agent look at me and go, why can't you walk the roof? Well, it, it's this steep. There's no way I can, I can walk that roof. So, um, so just prepare your buyers for what is in, in the scope of the inspection and out of the scope as well.
1: So if someone's like never been to an inspection before with their client, how does the flow of things,
2: well, everybody does it a little bit differently. Um, there are a few things that we, uh, when I'm training inspectors and teaching inspectors, there's a few things. You can kind of do it however you want, but generally the outside goes first. Um, you get there, best if the seller is not there. That doesn't always happen uh, either. That
1: happened at the last one we were at.
3: Well, that's right. She,
2: she came back, yeah. Yes. Um, so we start outside, do the outside roof, all that stuff, then move into the kitchen, and then I go to the top down. I run all the water, make sure everything's done. Because if you go in the basement or crawl space first, you don't know if there's a leak. And so you wanna start at the top, work your way down, attic, roof, all that stuff, and then finish down in the basement. You know, an average inspection, two hours, two and a half hours or so. Of course, the one that you and I did, the last one was pretty big. But um, so yeah, it's important to, to uh, prepare your buyers for not only the process, but how long it's gonna take. If they come, I've had people say, oh, they said it was going to take 45 minutes. I'm like, I, I can't do the outside in 45 minutes. So, and I'm pretty fast. But, yeah, it's it, – it's, well, just like any kind of business, it's, it's managing expectations, you know, knowing that your client is aware of how this is going to go.
1: Angela, do you – so you brought up something that I feel like is like a hot topic of conversation that I see. And we have these big Facebook groups with hundreds of thousands of agents all across the United oh, yeah. States, and they're always debating things in there. Um, I've always gone to my inspections always. Like it's really, unless it's an emergency or I'm out of town and my clients know I'm not there. Um, there's a lot of agents that are like, I absolutely will not be there for it. Do you go to
0: yours, or What do you do? I do. If I personally can't be there, then I have one of the agents that I've trained, um, will be there. But as a listing agent, I'm constantly seeing agents not showing up. And not having their buyers there or their buyers out of state. And that's when deals blow up. It was when no one shows up from that side and they get this laundry list of items that they think is super serious, but it's really not. Um, and then, you know, somebody wants to send you 40 pages of inspection items because they weren't there. And, you know, that's when the bad, bad stuff usually happens with the contract. So I, if I know that the other agent isn't going to be there, sometimes I'll go. Um, so at least someone's there. I don't understand
1: like that line of thinking like I I don't know if it's maybe other states have different rules I don't actually know but I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be there I mean first of all I feel like it's such a huge part of the transaction from your I mean when you're showing a house to a client they're in there for what like 20 minutes, minutes 30 minutes, right? So the inspection is really their time to get super acquainted with the house and measure things and fall in love like i i don't understand where that line of thinking that you shouldn't go to the inspection comes from i think it's it's laziness that's where it comes from
2: well well and what's interesting is i had a an agent tell me this it was years ago i'm not i don't remember even who it was but they said to them it's a liability yes
3: that's what they I've don't want to
2: know what's wrong they don't want to hear what i say they just want to get the information from the report i i i don't think that's, that's yeah, it seems I mean, to on me. the
1: seller's side, and we'll flip to the seller's <laughs> side here in a bit, but that could be true on the listing agent side, because technically speaking, at least in Colorado, if you find out anything that's a material fact, then you've got to disclose it, right? So, like, if you accidentally, oops, found the roof is trashed or, you know, something big like that as the listing agent, you don't have a choice. You've got to disclose it. But as the buyer's agent, I don't. yeah Yeah, liability wise i do not understand i I don't understand the liability not to go
2: right because to your point you know i i think and i talked to another inspector friend of mine and we came up with 35. 35 is the average number of defects for any house i don't care if it's brand new or old now i've seen way more than that i've never seen a perfect house but as a buyer you're, you don't go and your agent doesn't go. And you get this report. You're going, holy shit, this house is falling down. Yeah. When it's really exactly. not. It's just that nobody has explained that. So I, I agree.
0: Yeah. Because most uh, of the report is stuff that you need to look out for or homeowner maintenance stuff that might come up in the next five years. It's not, oh my God, your house is falling over. But if you have an agent that barely graduated high school trying to um, you know, explain that, long report with a bunch of legalese at least my my inspectors have a lot of legalese um they can't adequately explain it because they don't understand it themselves because they weren't there so that's the problem and then you get this huge inspection list that's asking for you know all kinds of dumb shit that you know has nothing to do with what the house actually is right now or if they even send one at all they might just send a termination because they have no idea because they weren't there and then they want to know why their house terminated Well, it's because you didn't care enough to show up. Like your contract doesn't stop at signatures. It stops at closing.
2: Right. And that's why I always tell clients too is, I mean, it's part. And now, of course, I'm not an agent, but part of the the negotiation happens when you get the house under contract. The real negotiation is after inspection. That's when stuff can go really wrong.
1: Absolutely. 35 items that are, that's interesting. So that's the average number of items that are wrong with the house. But out of those 35, like how many do you think are serious? Like to me, it's always been roof HVAC, which is, again, we have a lot of listeners that are newer agents. So HVAC is furnace, air conditioning, water heater.
2: Heating, ventilation, air
1: conditioning.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mechanicals. Yeah. 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 Furnace, air conditioner, water heater. Um, Electrical can be a big one roof I, roof is the biggest especially here in Colorado because yeah. the joke is how long the roofs last it's to the next hail form and that, <laughs> and that sounds jokey but it's true um, mm-hmm. but yeah the roof is something nobody sees they don't see it they don't know um, so it, it was it's one of those things that um, you know, and it also depends on the house too if you're talking about a hundred year old house this is, that's all bets are off when it comes to that but you know people care about roof and structure those are the two big things. Yeah. You know, true structural issues aren't that common, less than 10% of houses have real structural problems. Interesting. Um, but a room- What
0: are the things that come up on like every inspection report that you always see that agents tend to blow out of proportion, but are pretty commonplace on pretty much any production built home that you see? Because I know <laughs> I have a list. I, 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 I feel like kind of, I right know. Yeah. 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 Um, Lizzie, start with your list. What do you see on yours all the time? Mine? Yeah. Um, Clean and service the furnace. Oh, well, um, are you talking about like just stuff that comes up or stuff that blows yeah, up? Yeah, like install anti-tip bracket on your fucking oven.
3: On the range, right?
0: That drives me crazy. I loop so on the dishwasher. You
1: want to
0: me? So I would say
1: clean and service the furnace. Um, roof is questionable. Get an actual roofer out. Um,
2: Number one. That's number one you're forgetting. And you're gonna go, oh my God,
1: there's a I always feel like there's like a leaky toilet or a leaky sink or a stopped up toilet or a stopped up sink.
2: negative grading. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. every grading. almost every inspection outside, there's negative grading where the landscaping slope toward the foundation. it's mm-hmm. It's just a maintenance thing that nobody ever takes care of. So yes. that's a big yeah. problem.
1: yeah, which again, for newer listeners, uh, newer agents that are listening, um, the reason that that's important is, like, you want water to flow away from the foundation of the house because if it flows towards the house, that's how you can end up with structural issues. So by negative grading, he just means, like, are the rocks, the bushes, whatever, outside, like, is everything flowing towards the foundation? So yes,
2: yep. that's everywhere. That's a big, yes. And, then, and then another one that comes up a lot that people don't understand the difference is cracked concrete. Um, mm-hmm. And And what people don't realize is any concrete you're standing on, whether it's the Driveway, the walkways, the basement floor, the garage floor, everything. You're, none of it's structural. You know, minor cracking, heaving, and settling a little bit in those. That's not structural. Now there can be issues that are an ev- are evidence of structural issues, and as an inspector, that's what I'm looking for. I can't see most of the foundation wall. I'm looking for evidence, for signs. I'm looking for the house to tell me a story that there is there is things like. Um, you know, some kind of settlement or things like that. But yeah, people people say, "Oh my God, did you see that big crack in the foundation?" I'm like, "Oh my God, how did I miss that?" And I go downstairs, and it's in the floor. I'm like, "That's not right. a foundation." So,
0: well, yeah. as an agent, if we're walking through a listing as a buyer's agent and we're looking at a house and we see a crack, what should alert us that there might be a potential real issue—a vertical crack, a horizontal crack, something that's separating? What do you typically um, see when you would say, "Okay, we need to call in somebody"?
2: That's a great question. And and like they saying, lateral movement. Like if they're uh, in a foundation wall, if it's moving this way, then then that would be an issue. Um, Another thing that a big difference between vertical and horizontal cracks is vertical cracks generally aren't structural. They happened when the house was curing. They're they're, a lot of things can cause it. So vertical cracks are less scary, especially if they're hairline. Um, Where they get worse is if they start thin and get big at the top, that's an issue. But horizontal cracks, like you mentioned, those are the big ones. What creates that is called hydrostatic pressure. So you've got moisture in the soil on the outside of the foundation wall, and the foundation wall can't support that pressure. So it cracks in the center horizontally and causes the whole wall to bow in. So those almost always, a horizontal crack is a structural issue.
1: So when you see those little hairlines that come off of like, the top or of the frame. frame or the top of the door frame or like a where a drywall seam is. That's more that's cool.
2: no. uh, track like that's going in the report, but I'm not going to say structural engineer needs to come look at it because the weakest part of any wall is where there's an opening, right? Where there's a window right. or a door. So that's where those diagonal cracks always happen. Now, if it's three quarters of an inch wide, that's a different discussion. But yeah, those kind of things, I'll put them in the report, but they're you know generally not a sign of anything structural.
0: What because- are some of the other things that we should be looking at when we're walking through a house to make sure that, what what I don't want to happen for a lot of agents is they get to inspection and then they find out this house is a gigantic dumpster fire. They should know that beforehand. So what are some of those things they can do to help mitigate that from happening?
1: Wait, hang on. I want to get you back yes. one second on concrete, but that was, yeah, excellent, awesome question. Um. Concrete, like you said, like I think no one knows this. Angela and I grew up in the new home sales world, so we were trying right, a little bit background. differently. But we were always told, um, like you said, and I think that's super important to be clear on flat work, concrete flat work, which is like the front porch, the back porch, the garage slab, the driveway, isn't structural. Correct. It's yeah. just the walls of the foundation.
2: Right and a lot of people i mean i had a concrete guy tell me one time that there's two kinds of concrete in the world concrete that's cracked and concrete that's going to crack and that's yeah. really the way it is because you put something that doesn't move concrete on something that does the earth and it will
0: crack that's why they put separator lines in all of it because they know it's going to crack so that you only have to replace a certain portion of it instead of all of it so that's yep.
2: exactly exactly, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. So, like Angela asked, what do we um, when
1: you're showing a house? What should you be looking at? That's such a good question.
2: That is a that is a really good question because there, Angela, like you said, there are times I walk into a house and I look at the agent like, really, you you didn't notice this? But I've you know we've all done so many houses. It's it's easier for us just just from sheer volume. But um, one of the big things, you know, some of the big things. First of all, old furnaces. You can tell but by standing 15 feet away, usually, if it's really old. If the house is built in 89 and the furnace looks old, it's original. Just keep that in your mind. Doesn't have to be a deal breaker, but keep it in your mind. Another big one that we see, there's three types of electrical panels that are fire hazards. Um, I was teaching a real estate continuing education class a few weeks ago, and the the broker said, you know what's interesting? is I talked to an electrician, they said it's not really a big deal anymore, and I'm like... That, the history shows that it is, so I'm going with that still. But the biggest one's called Federal Pacific. If you open the panel, it's got breakers that have colored stickers on them, like red, orange, and green stickers, and the breakers are vertical. Uh, so that's a fire hazard. Um, I've seen it with my own eyes. I was doing a flip, and my cousin and I were partners in the deal. He cut through a wire with a saw, and it sparked, and nothing happened. So if it kept arcing like that, it would burn the house down. So that's... That's another big one, because, you know, to replace a panel on the cheap side is five grand. Um, you know, the, and, and some people say, oh, it's fine. Other people say I wouldn't spend a night in that house. The truth is somewhere in the middle, like everything else. So um, fire hazards, that's always a big one as well. Um,
0: but that's something that you should find out before the inspection.
2: Uh, if not you
0: the inspection.
2: Yeah, because my, my favorite agents are the ones that say, OK, we know it's a federal swimming panel. We know the roof sucks,
0: right?
2: They get caught up in the emotionality of the showing. Nice. They love it. They're like, Oh my God, it's in, it's in the right school district. It's not far from my parents' house or whatever, but they don't notice some of this other stuff. Um, you know, what, a, what a, it's not a deal breaker, but what makes me laugh is the number of people that don't realize a house doesn't have a dishwasher
3: hmm.
2: because yeah. they just walk around and they see it. And then I go, I just want to make sure you're aware of this house doesn't have a dishwasher. They're like, I had no idea I didn't even notice um, you know and the roof also is one of those things that there's a few things you can see from the ground that that are a good indication or the other thing is as as a newer agent if you're pulling into the inspection or the showing and you see three houses getting their roof done or you know you hear it you can hear them with their nail guns doing the roof in the neighborhood there's a pretty good shot that, but the, there's an issue with that roof so um those are some some of the big ones um that that ideally you would because i always say to be a good agent you need to be part inspector part appraiser right you need to be able to see if this house walk in and go nope that this out we're not putting an offer in this house and you have to know how to write an offer so that's that's why that's so important too
0: yeah what i've been seeing lately is agents that apparently don't realize a house has metal windows when they're walking through it and then all of a sudden yeah. want all the windows replaced i'm like you guys wrote an offer on the house, knowing that there were metal windows in the house.
2: That's a good. That's a good one. You you get those old 1950s crank handle right. casement windows. They're inefficient. They're they're just they're not good. Um, and you like you said, you're going to want to replace those. And that brings up another point. Speaking of windows, egress. Mm. You know these people like they they show their
1: explain what egress five, is. Oh, that's right.
2: They show their five bedroom house. You go down to the basement, and there's no egress windows in either of the basement bedrooms. That is, those are not bedrooms. There must be a window. It's five point seven square feet. It's it's basically picture a firefighter kneeling down with a tank on. They have to be able to get in and out to rescue.
1: Usually has the ladder.
2: Usually, it ha- yeah. If the, if the window well is more ladder, than forty four right? inches deep, it has to have a ladder. You know, there's all these things, and and I wouldn't expect as an agent to be able to split hairs and get out your tape measure, but you know if there's a, if there's a window big enough to get out of, because there's yes. You six can ask before. yourself,
0: can my fat ass get out that window if there's a fire? And that's your answer. Yes.
2: and that's the other thing too is you have to think about not just us but people with limited mobility, right. old people, children. You know, there was a woman I don't know five six years ago in a basement apartment here in Denver that drowned because her apartment was flooding and she couldn't get out. Oh. So egress is no joke. So that's another one. And sometimes they put non-conforming bedrooms, but yeah. they're ha- especially in a basement. You have to be able to get out in an emergency.
1: I'm taking so many notes while you're talking. <laughs> yeah, I so I feel like, and Angela, tell me when I'm done what your process is, but. I mean, obviously when I'm showing a house, I'm walking through it with my clients, but like, I'm not really looking at like, oh, that couch is so cute or oh, the fireplace is so awesome. I mean, my eyes at this point can scan the cuteness factor of the house really quickly. Quickly. And then while they're walking, I'm looking at things like windows. I am looking at the furnace. I'm looking to see if the water heater has all the rusting on top and it looks like it's going to explode. I'm looking... You know, when they're in an unfinished basement, I'm looking to see if it looks like it leaked. Um, You know,
2: moisture staining. That's a good one. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm smelling for mold. Like, you know, I'm I am looking for bigger things. Um, I was taught and you tell me if this is true, like from the ground or even sometimes if you can't see it from the ground, open a window on the second floor and like lean out and look at the roof. But I was always told that you should look to see how many layers thick it is. Right. Because if it's like four, because they can put shingles on top of shingles. So if it's yeah. like four layers of shingles thick, that's probably not good. And then I think you taught me that um, hail hits look like like someone spit on the
2: roof. Right. And, well, and, and, and a lot of times people are, are uh, they misdiagnose yeah. hail hits. And that's, and that's one thing, too, as an inspector. I'm not here to diagnose, but there are certain things you can look at. I always tell people as an inspector, I need to be a foot deep and a mile wide. I need to know a little bit about all of do i need to know how to install your furnace i don't but i do need to know if it's installed properly but yeah same thing you know the the a number of layers on a roof basically as a home inspector two layers is a defect anything more than one but i have a buddy um i've known forever he had a house in five points that had five layers of roof Whoa. and the roofer said when you take that roof off the whole house is going to flex upward and it did but he's like i can't it's the weight is the biggest issue when it comes to multiple layers of roofing. so yeah any and and sometimes people will be shady about it and hide those second layers and third layers so the inspector should be able to figure that out though as they go so
1: do you do that too Ange? are you walking through looking at more like i I mean i guess not like structural but like inspection
0: item defect things while you're showing yeah that's The things that I'm looking for, I'm looking at the baseboards. I want to see how much of a gap there is between the flooring that's currently installed, because I don't know if it was installed by a professional or a homeowner, and I can usually tell by that gap. Um, I want to see, you know, if there's a seal that's still there on all the windows. I want to check the caulking around the windows. Um, I always check if it is a basement house. Um, I check the window wells to see how deep the shit is in the window wells. Like if they've never dug out their leaves, especially in the wintertime, that's when you get all that water coming in. Um, it's always in the wintertime when snow gets in there and can't drain because your French drain can't be found because it's covered in shit. Um, so I make them always clean that stuff out. Um, because otherwise that stuff can't work. You know, the proper drainage won't happen if it's covered with, 80, 80, eighty feet of leaves,
2: right. you know? Like I've seen water a foot up on a well a window yeah. in a window well before. Looks like an yeah. aquarium. I
1: had, a, I had a seller and we're so we'll finish the buyer's agent side and then we'll flip to the seller side. But I had a seller like two years ago who was literally using her window wells as gardens. Oh wow. So she was growing like corn Grapes. and like all this shit like <laughs> in her window wells. So she was heavily watering them. Right. And it, I you know so I I was always taught, like, the basic rule is, like, you don't want any moisture anywhere water, near like, the foundation, right? You know, so right. I was like, oh, my God, you're literally watering yeah. the foundation. Right. It was
0: insanity. And the other thing that I check, especially in wintertime, is if there's a sump pump, if it's ever been plugged in, if it's working, that kind of thing. Um, because down here, we get quite a bit of, of moisture in basements, and we need to be able to get it out. Um, efficiently and quickly so yeah, and those
2: been, things we check putting sump pumps in houses like 90s about is when they started doing but i had a house about two blocks from here once that had it was built in the 50s so it didn't come with a sump pump had one in each corner and one was running every three or four minutes and my yes. buyers out solely because Lots of that because they water. were at the bottom of a hill yeah. that's an indication a sump pump can yeah. run a little bit you know but i had a structural engineer tell me once that having a sump pump is like wearing a helmet when you ski you want to know it's there, but you never want to use it unless it's an emergency. Right. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a good one as well. And and you know, another thing with the windows is windows and doors. If if you're walking around and you realize the bedroom door doesn't shut all the way, mm-hmm. and then the bathroom door doesn't shut all the way, and the window doesn't open, now the house is telling you a story. There's some kind of movement that's happening because every house moves. there's all kinds of settlement that always is going to happen, but you just want it to be on the minor side.
0: Yep, and the other thing that I look for is corrosion on top of the um water heater. Water heater. Also, yeah. it's not a hot water heater. I hate when people say that. It's just a fucking water heater.
2: I'm like, it's not a. You don't heat hot water. It's a water heater, and I probably we probably just offended about half the people because I used to call it a hot water heater, yeah. but I don't. I probably just said it. Actually.
0: <laughs> I, I have it. a great meme for that i'll share with you later it's got oh, like a water that. heater with a bikini on it i love that one yes
2: that's like putting you don't know, put toast in a toaster you put bread in a toaster. exactly
0: but, yes but,
1: um what do you think about new homes should people do inspections on new homes like if they're buying from a builder
2: well what's interesting too is with your background starting in the new home world i'm curious to see what your opinion is about that. <laughs> Um, because I I've got an inspection coming up, the builder would not allow a pre drywall inspection at all.
0: Just because they're hiding shit.
2: <laughs> Once the drywall's up, you can't see. So um, yeah, it's 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 well, people builders will always, now again. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Mm. <laughs> builders often will say oh, it's a new house, you don't have that inspection. I I buy that in one because of one reason, because you have a warranty.
1: Yeah. You hopefully.
2: Yeah. So, hopefully yes. So. Um, I've found major issues in in new homes. Now I'm not talking about major structural. That there's there's an the eight or ten year structural warranty. Those I don't care as much about. But I did a house that was like five thousand square feet, two furnaces, two ACs. Turned on the furnace, everything was great, worked fine. Then I turned on the air. No, I turned on the air conditioner, everything was fine. Turned on the furnace, the furnace stayed on, the air conditioner stayed on. They were all running at the same time. So the the heat exchanger, the evaporative coil, it was heating and cooling. It. Potentially thousands of dollars of issue. And and not only that, what happens when you move into your house in you know, November and day one, you're like, oh, let's turn on the furnace. And now it's not heating. It's the middle of the night. You think the builder's going to come out and fix it? Not no. in the middle of the night. Yeah. So, no. no, there are always issues. The the houses I've ever done that have come close to being perfect, none of them were new built um interesting and part of the problem is is you know you see especially now how fast houses are going up mm-hmm. they, they can't find people to do it they, they're having supply chain issues so they throw these things up so fast and there are times i'm like really yeah, come on I, I i find that whoever installed whatever they think it's the next person's problem so they're like, oh, I know this tile sucks, and they're not going to be able to put that outlet in, but that's not my job.
1: The electrician will do it. Right. Yeah.
0: I so would look, say is, I agree. look at the size of the warranty department for the home builder, and that should give you your answer. If I, they have I, 50 people working in warranty, that means they're busy.
2: There's an issue. I, I had a
0: client
2: um, that just recently walked away from a new building. They had so many problems leading up to closing they're like forget it garage and they walked away of course the builders like yeah we'll sell your house for 100 grand more now so right. they don't
0: care right And often, have- they won't fix the items that you find as an inspector but at least you need to know about them yeah, yeah. um uh, Lindsay and i can probably tell you the top five things that are going to be wrong with your house on a new build every single time because we've literally course- watched it happen time and time again
2: and i have seen some some structural things where not structural problems, but things weren't completely installed properly. Oh yeah, those kind of things. Yeah. And, and again, once the drywall goes up,
1: i i mean, yeah. I've seen. I feel like the two of us, Angela and I, have wow. seen it. Oh my god, yeah. So I to answer my own question, yes. So I always tell my clients that they should do an inspection before the house is completed, and I tell them if they're unwilling to do that, then they need to need to do one right before like their they're, yeah, like a, a 10 11 months right before their one year warranty expires. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I personally feel like as an agent, if you're representing a client on a new build and you don't at least highly suggest, like you don't tell them to do an inspection, that could be a massive liability issue for your license as an agent, in my opinion. Um, like what here. are the top
0: top things that you have seen in new builds that always come up, Lindsay? N- me? Well, I always well, I actually I
1: always tell my clients to have the roof looked at. Doesn't cost anything to have a roofer go out there because sometimes you have houses that, like, they put the shingle on a year, yeah, oh, you know, two years a year before you enough. move into the house. And like, we've been through thirty-seven hailstorms, right? So I'm like, you okay. better have the roof looked at. Um, I have seen thirty thousand dollars sewer line issues on brand new houses where they ran over the sewer line with the bobcat when they went to backfill.
3: Under um, the street, under I've seen a broken the, of the yeah, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, I've seen in fact I just had one um like last year I think it was where there was a massive foundation issue. So like oh, wow.
3: the
1: the buyers, I was the listing agent. Um I helped my client buy the new build. Six months later they got deployed and had to sell it. Buyer's agent pulled back insulation and there was a crack like this, like I could stick my fist wow. through it. In the wall, um, because the span like the length it was a ranch mm-hmm. and the span of the length of the wall had no support in it. So, I mean, everything like uh, yeah. um, caulking and the- trash in your drain lines, right? Like, so that you, you every to- single time, it. yeah, you a turn sewer- on your shower s- first day and it like floods back a up. Sewer
2: scope guy that I know found a can of beer mm. in the sewer yep.
0: line, nice. yeah nice where do you think they hide the trash when they're being told to remove the trash they don't go out to the dumpster they hide so. in your house well uh, and,
2: and also to touch on another thing that you mentioned earlier something to look at if you're in a house with a basement keep in mind the foundation wall is important right that's that's supporting the outside of the house the beam in the middle mm-hmm. is supporting double the amount of weight of the foundation wall so keep an eye you know usually it's an i-beam it can be wood but you know tilting yep, twisting. and twisting yeah. is very important and again sometimes if it's finished you can't see it
1: look at this photo angela just sent me while we're talking oh about my this god roof. there's like she sent me a picture of roof shingles that are like this thick. <laughs> that's yeah that's
0: stuff. the house i walked up to the other day and i was like nope see you later <laughs>
1: yeah oh, absolutely um
2: yeah. well the other thing about you know we as inspectors we don't have to call out cosmetic things um now if there's a huge stain on the carpet i'll put that in but a new bill, all bets are off that no house oh, yeah. is going to be perfect but yeah there's some some stuff that's just doesn't look like it was even professionally done i'm like that that's ridiculous i've seen i went up to a new build one time and you know had the sliding glass door at the back the door opened here the concrete steps were installed in front of the fixed pane <laughs> so either they put the door in wrong or put the concrete steps somewhere and again people oh, just they don't think about it. So it's crazy yeah. what you can see. The
0: things that I see most often with new builds are trash or a bag that they physically put over um, the drain line for the washer, um, right. and then it floods yep. every single time. Like, I don't know why they haven't fired that same contractor, because I literally watched it happen like 40 times in a row. Right. Um, so that's a common one. So make sure that drain in your laundry room works, especially if it's upstairs, okay? Number two, um, things that they definitely hide um, because they can are lolly columns and how much, um, you know, how much space you've got between that and the beam and how tight it is um, and how many there are. Because sometimes aesthetically they want to get rid of some and use micro laminate, which is like imaginary steel I beam, but they don't always have an engineer put that together and make sure it's right. They also don't always have an HVAC engineer come in and make sure that your HVAC system is running properly and efficiently. And Perfect. so you might see your ductwork is very different than your neighbor's house, which is exactly the same. That's because they can't figure it out and they don't have a real engineer doing that. They just have a problem with regional building when regional building says it's not hitting these numbers and they're just trying to hide things. So be really careful with that. And like Lindsay said, uh, the sewer stuff is a, such a big issue um because they do drive hose over stuff especially if they're waiting to put your landscaping in until next year be really careful with that that's the time that you want a sewer scope is after they put that sod in and they've dug up your whole front yard uh well, so- and i see that
2: too because because any new house any new especially any new production builder is going to have um they're gonna use manufactured wood trusses they're engineered trusses so they call the place and say hey bring the trusses and they put them up well what happens when one of those trusses gets broken do you think they stop building on the house, order a new one? No. Nope. Absolutely not. They're like, this will be fine. And they put it up and it's good. And because they're they don't want to be the one saying we gotta stop working on this house. Because they right. go they have they're under such deadlines. And the more houses they put up, the more money everybody makes.
0: Yeah. There's not like a guy at their lumber yard looking to see if that lumber is straight, like you see right. everybody doing at Home Depot, there's right. no one doing that. They're like, is it twisted? We'll use it. Throw it in there. Yeah, we just need wood. We don't care. Oh my God, um, that's
1: completely eaten away. And there's like wow. seven knots and this much actual, it's fine. It's fine yeah,
3: yeah,
1: no, um, I think if you are not like in writing personally, telling your clients on new builds to get a home inspection, that could be a massive liability for you mm-hmm. as an agent. So I think if they decide ultimately they don't want to do it, that's their deal. But I mean, I've got to say, I would say 99% in the six or seven years that I was with a builder and never did an inspection. Wow. Nope. I mean, I, I still, <clears throat> like, I, I think 99% of my buyers now try not to do one. And as an agent, you better know what the builder's warranty covers, too.
2: Right. No. Yeah, because most everyone has at least an eight or 10-year structural, and, and some do concrete, some don't warrant the concrete, so... Yeah, it's, you know, and, and I had a builder tell me one time, each house, they spend about eight grand on stuff that they should have done right the first time and to go mm-hmm. back and fix it. You know, when and I just- also
0: want to ask that builder how long they've been in business and who is warrantying that house because they can't physically warranty their own house unless they've been in business that long. Um, so, and if they're warranting their own house, that's also might, might be an issue because it's going to take you a hell of a lot longer to get those warranty issues taken care of because they're going to do it in-house on their schedule not on yours so i always recommend to people buying new builds and i haven't sold a new build in a while just because of this um to get their own home warranty outside of the builders um in addition to it
2: party. Okay. Yeah, and, and i had a, another builder tell me i was doing a pre-drywall and it was funny this family i did their pre-drywall post drywall closing and their one-year warranty uh, and i've done like three houses right there too but um, the builder said, I don't have to fix anything you find. You realize that because we've already gotten all our, all of our permits from the city approved. I'm like, I get that. But then they came in and drywall. I went into the, to the laundry room to check the 220 for the dryer. They drywalled over it. I've gone into a, to a brand new kitchen and looked around and gone, there's no light switch. They drywalled over the light switch. I couldn't turn the lights on. So those are the kind of things that you find in new builds that that's why you said it's a, at least have somebody come sewer scope for sure. And, and when it comes to like radon testing, you don't need to do the radon test before you close because yeah. there's people in and out. It's not going to be a viable yeah. test Do it at some point. Also find out if the if there's a passive system and if the builder will warrant radon because yeah. the house is mm-hmm. going be high almost all the time. So.
0: Other important stuff is agents. If you're a buyer's agent on a new build and you're not walking the house every once in a while, you're not going out to it while it's being built, shame on you. Um, I the recently caught... Um, I caught at a frame stage, they were sheathing the house with um, plywood and there were massive gaps between the plywood and the other piece of plywood that was supposed to be butting up to it or the OSB. And the builder was like, oh yeah, that's fine. I was like, no, the fuck it isn't. Um, Those have to be... (laughs) those have
1: literally frame the wrong house. Yeah. Like I've gone out and walked and I've been like, wait, um, there's a pantry there. And they're like... Oh shit!
3: Oh, they were
2: doing the next door floor plan. Yeah, like yeah. I mean,
1: they literally missed like a study on the main floor. And pay- yeah, you, I mean, I think agents have a tendency to think new builds are really easy, right? You just like do the con- the the person that the builder does the contract, and then you right. just coast until you get closing. You show up with bottle of wine, yay! That is not the way that you should conduct no. yourself as an agent. It should be the same as any resale transaction. And right? and
2: so and it, I'm shocked! I'm shocked in an about this fact in general, but new builds, how many people don't? They're like, Oh, we don't need an agent. I'm like, you always do. Yeah. You find out that you need
0: an agent about a month before closing is usually when you find out that you needed an agent. Mm-hmm. And I just went through this. I have clients that have to have attorneys involved because the oh. house is so wrong. Yeah. Um and like they've involved like the senator um and the governor um to try to get this builder to like get his life together. And it's a mess. Like you, you might save yourself a few thousand dollars, quote unquote, when really you're not saving yourself anything. The builder is saving themselves a few thousand dollars and they're getting you not to have an advocate. And that's ultimately what it comes down to is if you don't have somebody looking at that stuff, you're going to move in and have a nightmare on your hands. And then you're going to be like, oh, you know what? That's my fault.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> the number of fight, you know, fights, finger quotes oh, uh, that right. I've had with builders about fixing things for my clients. Unbelievable. The number of people who call me on a yearly basis who like are out of state or out of my area and they're like oh my god something's happening with the builder we need help you know like i mean you really you've got to be more involved in a new build too
2: yeah it's it's and, I, and i've heard people that have done new builds go i'll never do this again oh yeah
1: because
3: it's uh,
2: because it's because uh, they your clients are certainly going to the house every week at, at least so yeah it's you definitely seeing how the sausage is made and i think sometimes there's some benefits to not
1: um so flipping to the end then i have a bunch of questions too flipping to the listing agent side angela i'm curious on how you do things um when i am at my listing presentation and i ask them for a tour of the house i'm always paying close attention to those couple things that we said are super important so like you know, when we walk into their mechanical room, I, I get eyes on their furnace. Like I want to know as a listing agent, obviously I can't catch everything, but I want to know as much as possible on the big stuff that could come up that could screw us up on inspection. So I'm looking to see how old the furnace is, how old the AC is, how old the water heater is, how old the roof is, right? Like all of that major stuff. Do you look for that too? Because I think a lot of agents just go in, they give the pretty presentation. They're so excited that they got the listing. Right they just leave and then stuff comes up on inspection that they should have known, you know, like, yeah, like I, I always, I walk the entire property and look for peeling paints because I know that's something that is going to come up at appraisal FHA, Right.
0: right? So do you do that too, Ange? Yeah. I mean, that's really the whole reason why we started our building company is so that I could go in there ahead of time and get rid of those objections for my sellers and say, okay, these are the things that are going to come up regardless of, who the buyer's agent is, the inspector is gonna catch it. Um, so we might as well fix these things now. So let's do it now, so we can get ahead of it. Um, and then I pay for those things up front, and then get paid back at closing. That's the whole reason why I created the whole building company is to do that. Um, so get getting rid of objections as an as a listing agent right now. That's kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, we do that, and then we make sure that like if it's in a neighborhood where there's four thousand production built houses. What do we want your house to do? Stand out and be memorable. So we need to do that. Um, we have to make your house stand out and be memorable. Otherwise, you're just going to get lost in the sea of houses. So we're going to make sure that it's mechanically correct um, and safe for people to purchase, um, that you're not going to have that come up later. Otherwise, this is going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars later that you weren't expecting. Um, and other agents probably won't do this. Uh, most people that are coming in for a listing are going to say, let's just get it on the market immediately. I never do that. Um, Usually between the time that I go and visit a listing and the time that we put on the market is about a month uh, because I'm making sure that the house is mechanically sound, that it looks really good aesthetically and that it's staged and photographed properly. Um, I am not the type of agent you're going to hire that's going to do something really cheaply um, or that's going to put the house on the market tomorrow. It's not going to happen. We take our time or it'll cost you money. I feel like when I list a property...
1: I'm probably 90% on what's going to come up on inspection. Obviously like I didn't test the outlet to know if the outlet didn't work, but I damn well know if there's no GFIs GFIs in the kitchen. Right. You know, so like, I'm, I'm really, and for anyone who is a newer agent, um, I would suggest looking up like FHA and VA appraisal requirements. That'll give you a list of things that you can, you know, make sure look good when you're visiting the property or um, maybe even go to another agent in your office and ask them if you could see their last few inspection reports or a few inspection objections yeah. or get with your preferred inspector and and say like, Hey, what am I supposed to be looking at? Cause I, I feel like it's my fault if I don't know
0: that that's going to
1: come up on inspection.
3: Yeah. Well, get- you should be
0: walking through the house as if you're a buyer's agent or a buyer and saying, okay, here's the things that I'm going to have a problem with yeah. for my buyer, or I'm going to bring up to my buyer. Um, and I'm going to get rid of those things. I'm going to fix it ahead of time. Cool.
2: And and you, you bring up an interesting point, too, because one of the things that I have done in the past, and, and I'm curious to get both of your opinions, is, and I'm not a fan of this, is a pre-listing I inspection. I was just going to say
1: pre-list inspections. All right, let's talk about this, because I don't like them.
2: I hate them. I it's will not true. do one. Tangled from the point you, you brought up earlier, too. If I do a pre-listing inspection, here are the 48 problems with your house. By law, you have to then say, by my house with 48 problems you have right. to disclose. so so again you know you as the agent you you know you're like I didn't test the furnace I don't know how you know you have no liability but once I give you that report it's a huge amount of liability so I'm not yep. a fan to be honest I don't
1: know why yep. people do those
3: Like, they don't I, want to be surprised
2: I
1: guess I don't know I'm not Mike I do have clients every once in a while that are like we should get it I you know pre-inspected
0: I'm like no 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 because the ones I've seen that do those are usually agents that either their husband is an inspector or a family member is an inspector, and they think that if they have this inspection, that whoever buys the house is then not going to have an inspection, and they're just going to be like, oh, here's the whole report. We know ahead of time.
2: Not I, I, was up, I was up in Those little It's about 40 miles north of here, but... Um, they had a pre-listing inspection, and I was doing the buyer's inspection. No agent, no no buyer came, but the sellers were there. So they had sent me the inspection report ahead of time. The buyers did. And I found 22, 23 things that that inspector didn't find. So not only did they pay for it, for it they had to disclose everything, and they still were surprised. So, yeah, I, I agree. I just, I've just i never never been a fan. I mean, yes, I, I get it. You want to avoid surprises, but I, I don't see the reason to do it let's um, talk about that
0: for a second every inspector is completely different i was gonna bring that up too <laughs> if you have no idea what nachi or Internachi are or licensing requirements are they regulated by dora how do you become a home inspector what do you need to know about like can you tell us like how you guys are all different and
3: yeah know, so how like, tell an, an inspector
0: with yeah, knowledge from like- one that has nothing
1: True story. I had I had a house a few years ago in southeast Aurora where um, inspector number one literally was like this and it was cute. It was updated. This house is falling apart. Needs to be condemned. Don't just walk away. Buyers run. And it was my listing. Right. So then we put it back on the market. And the next inspector literally said, I didn't even find anything. Don't even submit an yep. oh, right. how <laughs>
3: how well, well,
1: inside. Right. Right. So, like, how do you pick your preferred inspector? What makes a good one?
2: Right.
1: And why is it that everyone's opinion is so different?
2: That that those are great questions. And and it's funny because you know, you could tell your experience in, you know, agents because you're asking that question. Um, for, I mean, you you probably have people that listen to this that don't live in Colorado, but Colorado is a non-licensing state. Home inspectors have do not have to be licensed at all in Colorado. Uncle Joe with the tape measure and outlet tester can be an inspector. Um, you know there are other states like Florida, Nevada. I, I've taught home inspecting in in multiple states, but like I went to Detroit and taught, I went to Atlanta and taught b- because they're non-licensing states. But to be a good home inspector—they have to be. They should be licensed. And to bring up NACHI or InterNACHI, uh, Angela, what you said before, NACHI is the National Association of Certified Home Inspectors. Um, they're kind of one of the industry standards. That we love them here because they're in Boulder. They're very close to us. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, everybody should be a licensed inspector. That means they have gone through proper training. I, just like you, I have to do continuing education and all that. All this, other kind of stuff as well. Um, so yeah, make sure they're licensed because there is absolutely no governing body. We we. Or don't have to be approved by the state or by DORA or anybody like that. So um, do some research, um, and it, it's kind of hard because I, you know, a lot of the, the classes I teach it's to new people who want to be home inspectors, and you know when they're when they're first starting out, I'm like you're starting your own company and you've never done an inspection, you have no shot. It was scary enough for me to go out on my own when I had done 4,500 inspections, but it but at least my my company's new. Well newer and but I am not. Right. You know, I'm a certified master inspector. A certified master inspector has to have at least a thousand inspections. Wow. And be in business for for three years, I think. But wow. um so yeah, it's very important. Anybody can look like anything online. Yes. you know, get reviews. Same with agents. Same with agents, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't care what state you live in, make sure they're licensed. Now there are some licensing uh the, the National Home Inspector Exam is a nationwide exam that you can take as a home inspector. This this was a bitch. I mean, I hadn't taken the proctor exam for like 35 years, but had to, you know, studied my ass off and, and really focused and passed it. So I could actually go to Florida and be a home inspector or go to Nevada and be a home inspector. But I did it, and it's just, you know, how it is. You more initials behind your name, the, the better. But it's, it's critical to, to find an inspector that's certified, but, but about half of what we do is inspecting. The other half is what we say.
1: Just going to bring that up too. Okay, so before you go there, like Angela said, or like, and like you said, when you're screening to find your inspector, someone who's licensed, License. regardless of state, right? Regardless of state. Okay, and then hopefully someone who is a master certified because they've done a thousand, a thousand at, least. at least, right? So that's how you should pick someone, you think?
2: That's, that's okay. the biggest thing. Like if you were to go to the certified and go to Denver, surprisingly which i'm very happy about my name was the first one <laughs> i think that just happens to be random but yeah go to Internachi. um it's it's inter you can find an inspector there because so, as a matter of fact my cousin he bought a, a duplex in missouri he's like how do i find an inspector i'm like i got you so i went under Internachi, search found the guy called him he was he's a certified master inspector i have i had no issues with it so so, yeah, there are, there are places online where you can find people. And there and there's CMEA and, and um, ASHI, and, and there's a, b- a bunch of certifications you can have. But, yeah, just make sure they're certified.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like as an agent, the most important relationships that you have in your career, like the closest people you're going to spend a lot of time, need, you know, leaning on and meeting, is your inspector and your
0: lender. Right. For sure. Yeah, and I will say just me personally – I just want a home inspector that inspects. I don't want the home inspector that, like, rolls out this list of all the other shit that he does for you. Like, he'll do a radon test. He'll do a sewer scope. He'll do a this, a that. Just inspect the fucking house.
2: I'm not here to sell you. Now, if yeah, and that, that's the thing is I can do radon, and I, I don't do sewer scopes, but I have a guy. You know, that's fine. Right, you can have a guy.
0: I just don't want you to be the one that's, like, fucking the sewer
2: because because I have I have worked for companies that you know when you go you're talking to the person there here's this flyer about this and oh and also this and this too I'm not there to sell you and also I think that minimizes your legitimacy yeah.
0: exactly you it one hundred percent does
2: uh-huh. um,
0: I also always ask for a copy of their home inspection because I want to see what it looks like for me as an that's agent I that way I can see like how easy it's going to be for my clients to understand oh if there's gosh. a whole bunch of red on it there's that's you. concerning. Um, because that means it's a scary color um, I want to make sure that those are all like serious things I want to see what the layout is so people can can see that kind of thing those are important. Right, and,
2: and, and it's interesting because there's a lot of different softwares out there that inspectors mm-hmm. use and I've used a lot of them um, there's one that I have I know of that I is a, to me it's not it's a terrible software because to me to, to them the home inspector is the end user, but that's not it. The buyer is the end user. Yeah. So my I have a buddy who lives in California. He was like, hey, I'm buying a house. I'm like, send me the inspection report. And it was in this particular software. And it was hard for me to read. And yes. if it's hard for me to read, your clients are not gonna understand it. So and and I'm not, I'm I I pay for the service, so I'm not I'm I'm not an advertiser, but Spectora is who I use. The reports are so nice, they're so easy. They're the tons of pictures you could video it's it's not highly technical you can customize it so any comment that that comes in a report that i have done i wrote the comment so that that's so important so and and almost and any inspector you hire they should have at least one sample report that you can see as well i've seen them handwritten handwritten oh yeah like
1: sometimes all you know like legitimately the agent sends over something that is probably legitimate and you know whatever there's something wrong in the oh my god Horror stories. We got to go there. I have like two questions on horror stories. I want to hear them so bad. But, um, like this, we had an inspector on, this is really crazy. So these people had owned a house in Highlands Ranch for 30 years. They were the second homeowners and unbeknownst to them. And I swear to God on my life, um, and I, it was you that caught it, by the way. This was a while ago. But I swear to God, like, I have sold over 5,000 houses. I've seen everything. There was a crawl space um, underneath. So in Colorado, we have structural floors, which means like that it's not concrete on dirt. Sometimes when the soil moves around a lot, you have uh, a void in between like the floor and the dirt so that the house can move up and down. So these people had carpeted over... Oh. The like hatch. completely over the hatch to the crawl space, um, and I mean, there's literally, there's no way. And Dirk, Dirk was like, "It sounds weird D- under oh, my Oh, no, I remember that. And I was like, I'm "What?" It was like tapping, there's, there's and right. so he opened it up, and there was mold that had like eaten into the joists. I mean, the house was gonna fall down, probably it at will, some point eventually, eventually <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it was bad, but like. I would never have known they lived there for 30 years. They didn't know it was there. So like, that's why you do have a good inspector, but sometimes I'll get inspection reports and agents will be like, Oh, did you know that there's a hatch in the floor that we had no idea about? And I'm like, no, can you send me a picture? And they're like, well, my inspector didn't take any because he handwrites his reports. Like right. that's not the guy. I we don't I, want that guy. A,
2: a small report for me will have 60 or 70 pictures They're you know, they're high res, you can zoom in, you can say, you know, you have got a ton of them. So um,
0: as agents, the other thing that I look for in an inspector is how easy is it for me to cut and paste the real issues and put it into my inspection objection? Because that's a hundred percent what we're all gonna do.
2: Right. And that and that when I'm training inspectors, I'm like, you need to be aware the verbiage that you write may end up in the inspection objection, an actual legal document.
3: Yes. Because
2: and that's why it's so important. And and again, I mean, and, and to your point from earlier too, is You'd never want to be somebody who comes in and says, oh, my God, the house is oh, you, as you said The house is falling down or this sucks or what. That's not our job. You know what? The, the biggest thing that you can do is build a rapport with the client yes. to, be, to be friendly. This is a fun thing for them. You don't. Yes. You know, I've had I've had agents call me and call me deal killers. I'm like, that was your shitty house. It was not me. <laughs> I just pointed yes. things out. I'm never going to tell somebody they should or shouldn't buy a house. We're all in the information world. We, that's our business. We give them information, they make the decision. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's how you talk to people. You, you don't want to freak them out, but you don't want to sugarcoat things either.
1: Yeah, because what happens if, um, let's say, okay, so two different sides of the coin. Um, what happens if you see something really major? How do you say that to them without freaking them out? And then also, like, what happens if you miss something?
2: Those Are two good questions. I, I I hate answering the second one, but yeah. it it does happen. Um the first one is is again, you're you are going in with you're just giving information. I did have a woman one time that was crying by the end of the review, but she had major structural issues mm-hmm. and, and and yeah. then it does happen. But no, the, the biggest thing is you know, they're like, oh what about the deck? Honestly, I'm not in love with the deck. There's there's a few structural issues that I think need to be maintained, and and basically my you know, this is what I saw. Have a deck specialist come take a look at it. I, that's what the inspection objection is for that's to give you time yeah so if you if if you approach it directly you don't don't get passive aggressive about it just directly with facts show them the pictures take them out and show them what's wrong and they'll go oh yeah i didn't notice that and then you turn it over to the agent and then they'll do the inspection objection um as far as missing things it is going to happen you know, we look at 500 things in a house, and th- things can get missed. Um, a good inspector will take care of that. Um, you know, there I missed an a HVAC thing one time. Guess what? I paid to fix it. It's a cost of doing business. Same
1: thing with a good cost agent. Cost of
2: doing business. Yeah. What happens
1: if an inspector breaks something? Because I've seen that too. Oh, I've seen that. So I awesome. right saw seen an inspector break my client's garage door.
2: Oh yeah. Like. Um, yeah. It's interesting because. Um, You because you touch everything, right? You're opening everything. You're touching, and there's been times I've broken stuff, and you know what? It again, sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it is. You will get blamed. You know, it's just one of those things. A lot of inspectors now are wearing body cameras because of that. Yeah, which I think is is, smart.
1: Yeah, I um, I also think as a listing agent, it's very important for you to prepare, like you said, your clients for expectation-wise of the inspection, like. They need to know. They are going to open your attic cap. So it'll probably be some little insulation that falls down. They're going to flush all your toilets. They're going to do this. They're going to turn, you know, because, like, I, in the beginning of my career, would have clients be like, oh, my God, they turned up my furnace. Or, you know, like, sellers can get really angry because they oh feel like God. people are touching their stuff. Tenants, I've had so, a tenant. Insane. So definitely um, – you know, be good about informing your, your sellers.
2: Well, and yeah. And, and the happen. other thing, prepare your sellers and have them prepare the house as well. And like you were saying before, don't, you know, they're going to open, we need access to stuff. Yes. Don't stack a bunch of shit in front of the furnace. Exactly. I need to get to the
0: furnace. Yeah. You, you shouldn't work. be like the one that's moving all the boxes away so that your inspector can get to the panel box.
2: Right. Because I've had, I've had, you know, I've gone into places and the, 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 the electrical panels behind Hundred boxes in the garage. I'm like, I don't have time. The agent was like, Can I move them? I'm like, Sure. You know, I we're not required to move anything. No, I will move a few things. That's fine. But, but the other thing too, and I and I don't know, it doesn't change the way I inspect. But when I walk, in, I walked up to a house one time, knocked on the door, the guy was like, I'm so sorry, I I am gonna leave, but I have a job interview on on Zoom at 2:30. I'll be out of your hair. I'm like, Okay, fine. And he said, There's three places you might need a ladder. They're already set up help yourself to stuff in the fridge. Awesome. i walked into, yeah, i walked into the houses. They had fresh baked muffins and water music's playing. All the lights are on. It doesn't change my inspection, but it sure as hell makes me a lot happier. I mean, and for the love of God, tell your
1: sellers to leave. Like that guy sounded like he managed it well, he but did, yeah. oh my but god, like they shouldn't be Oh, it's the worst when you're you're sellers and they're texting you the whole time, like, Oh my god, he said this about you know, right. so
2: you Because need to leave. legally I'm not allowed to give the seller information. Yeah. My information is for the you buyer. For buyers, right? And the buyer has to say, Okay, yes, you can do this, but all I've had I've had I had a guy sit there the whole time, watch me the whole time. And I'm cause you're pointing out defects like and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna fix that. Oh, I had a guy walk behind me with like tools and was fixed. I'm like, I don't you know, So, yeah, sellers cannot be there. Legally, they can. It's their house. I've had sellers say, should I leave? My answer is yeah. 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 It is. You should leave. So, yeah. so a lot of those are for sale by owners sometimes. Not much you can do about it. But, yeah, as a, as a listing agent, prepare your buyer, prepare the house, and tell them they have to leave.
1: And as a buyer's agent, one of my biggest pet peeves, or I'm sorry, as a listing agent, one of my biggest pet peeves on the entire planet is when a buyer's agent uses an inspection to renegotiate the price on the house. Now I understand legitimately, like if there's something wrong and we either have to fix it or reduce the price or give a concession for it, completely different story. But don't like how many millions of times do you see this Angela? Uh, The house is priced at 550. We offered 500. We end up back up at 550, and then the inspection comes in and shockingly now the house is only worth $500,000, right? Right. Like as a buyer's agent, never tell ever, ever, ever your buyers like, Oh, we'll just use the inspection as a, you know, just get it under contract. and We'll just use the
0: inspection to get the price down. Yeah. My favorite is, um, this house has polybutylene piping. Oh no shit. You walked through the house. You guys are under contract on it. How did you not know this? Now, now it you has to in the whole tumor, house. What
3: is
1: that? that tumor, aluminum. Aluminum. In wire, wire, you didn't yeah. look? And also, as a listing agent, always read your client seller's property disclosure. Right. And as a buyer's agent, look at the freaking seller's property disclosure before you go to the inspection. Maybe even bring it for your inspector. Yeah,
2: yeah. there's, there's, and and that's the the problem is is I you know I think I'm, my philosophy is by and large I trust people. People are good, but there are some people who will hide stuff. Oh,
3: yeah. There
2: will wow. people. Put rugs over things and put pictures. There's nothing you can do about that. That's why the best house to inspect is a vacant house. But that doesn't happen nearly as often.
0: Definitely, because as a stager, I'm going to cover up that big ass stain that's on your carpet (laughs) with a rug.
1: Exactly. Uh, But if I'm an if I'm your listing agent and I find out you have a huge foundation crack and you
0: put a picture over the top of it, I am not going to be happy with. No. Like that's not not what you should do as a listing agent is. Preemptively call a structural engineer and have a report done, and have a game plan in place so that you can that overcome I that objection it. later. Yeah, so
1: I do agree with that. I do not do pre-inspections. Oh, but if I see, a house and I see a roof that is bombed, a furnace that's bombed out and done, or um, you know, like a structural issue that I believe, in, then I do call an engineer because I like to me. That's the one thing. Where a buyer's mind is going to go insane, and it's up to the engineer, you know, and, like that and, one, I want to preempt. Like, right. say, okay.
2: and, and I've had structural engineers come out and say, "No, I see what you see, but everything's fine, great." They they get the seal of approval, and you know, and yep. that's it. another thing that that just reminded me too is as a buyer's agent, what I find is a lot of a lot of um, newer agents, you know, they want to get the house under contract. They do that. They say, "How much is inspection?" Mm-hmm. Four hundred bucks. Okay, and then there's radar. And then there's sewer scope. And what if I find a structural issue? Now there's a three hundred bucks for a structural engineer, three hundred more for a report. What if the HVAC vac So you that four hundred dollars can get up to twelve or thirteen hundred in minutes. So I think it's a good idea. Also, again, to prepare your buyers. Yeah. No, don't tell them it's going to be four hundred bucks because that that is the like bottom end just home inspection. If other things come up, you may have to pay for that. So you know, I see, I see. The number of people that are buying a $750,000 house that won't spend another one hundred fifty for a sewer scope is shocking to me. Not smart.
1: Um, I want to hear some horror stories when we wrap up. Tell us, like, some really good – they can be about agents. They can be – don't tell us their names. No, but they, they can be – or or do, secretly, <laughs> when we're off. Uh, or tell us shitty houses. Like, Angela, and you think on it, too. Do you have, like, your best inspection horror story? I'm
3: trying to think. I, um, I did, I did yeah, have it a so new side.
2: And and say, listen, this this buyer is very squirrely. If you could just not include these things in your report, I was like, uh, it's not your reputation. I was, no, it's not even your reputation. That's your. It's your. It's your. It, it's it's the agent's
1: license. Right. Like, and I think we've talked about this so much on our show. In our opinion, you know, twenty twenty three, if you're probably twenty twenty five, will be the year of the lawsuits against agents because of the number of agents who. Advise people to not do inspections at all, just to get right. a house, or advise
3: people just to, get to get take, yeah. you know,
1: issues like it's scary. So yeah,
3: well, and do
2: that. and it's funny too because most of the time, you know, most of the houses you and I do are, are nice. You yeah. know, they're 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 decent. I was in Boulder a couple of years ago, and for those of you that don't live in the area, Boulder's where CU is, and it's a very, very overpriced expensive. neighborhood. Yes, and I was doing this shitty duplex. It was not far from the college. It was a million two or something. Each side was like 900 square feet. Roof had three layers, including wood shingles on the bottom. So I get in the crawl space. There's some standing water. Both furnaces are in the crawl space. I come across a luckily dead rat that was about that long.
3: Yeah. Done.
2: My inspection's done at that point. I, if there's a dead rat, there's probably live ones. And I, And there was standing water, and it was all nasty. And I was like, nope. And I don't know if my clients ever bought it, but I hope not. Or Or they got some pretty serious concessions, but. How many
1: times do you walk away where you're like, I hope these people don't? I always, and happen. I don't know if this is appropriate or not, and I don't know if you hate me for this, but I pull Dirk aside, not with my clients right. while he's in the house, and I always say, if it were you, would you buy this house or not? Right. And he's very honest with me. But how many times do you walk away and go like, I pretty god these people don't buy this house?
2: Pretty regularly. Uh, I mean, when I say pretty regularly, I mean uh, because again, it's that emotion emotionality factor. Because and and. I mean, you and I have known each other long enough tour. I can be very candid with you. I'm never gonna say that to a client, but but there are times that you know they just they love these things. And then I'm like, but like I here's another example. I had an agent one time, Federal Pacific Panel. I'm telling the client, Federal Pacific Panel, fire hazard. The agent said, Yeah, that's not a big deal. I'm like, client looking dead in my eyes. This is a fire hazard. I've seen what can happen. Oh, we have one, it's not a big deal. I'm like,
1: that's your. That's not your job. It's also your license. Like, right? But I, I don't think that agents. We talked about this so much on the show. Agents practice limited law without a license. To practice not, law. Not, right. Yeah. So, like, no, you don't tell someone that it's not a big deal. Have t- a
2: licensed engineer look at it. Yeah. Well, and and it's and, and one of the the coolest things about our jobs is getting to see. These houses. Yeah. I did a house down at Parker, had a full, not Parker, it was a full reserve, had a full size basketball court inside. I mean, it, it was one of the coolest houses I've ever seen. And, and you know, I don't know where these people get the money. It was like four or five million dollars. I've done houses for some Avalanche players and some Bronco players and, and things Adrian, like that. We
1: talked about hers. Yes. And, and yep. she probably is watching, and we love her. <laughs> uh, anyways, I was going to say her name, but I'm not going to call her out like that. She worked with me at Deer Horton, actually. Right. Um, yeah, so, was, what's the number perfect. one thing that, like, an agent should and shouldn't do? Like, what's the worst thing that drives you crazy, pisses you off? Is the worst thing they could do.
2: Right. You think in- there, there, there's a, there's a lot of. First of all, if you, if your client wants to come, that's fine. If you conv- conv- can convince them to come towards the end, that's best. But I even have an agent. I don't know if you watch Ian Randall. he's, he like he rodeo clowns for him. He like he's like he tells them, come to the whatever. Then he then he goes through all the stuff with them and make sure that they're not following needs. It's yeah. a really it's really nice to have that done. But I but try to
3: keep mine away from you. You do
2: yeah. and and buyers too. Even yeah. in the last or sellers. Yeah. You, you made sure that you stayed in the kitchen. You know talking to her. But um so so the one that's one of the the things to prepare your client clients. Because here's the thing. I will say your client. They're, they're my client, too. Yeah. They're, they're, there shouldn't be a contentious relationship between agents and inspectors. We're all on the same team. We all want the same thing. The difference is, as agents, you have so much more skin in the game than I do. On a big inspection, I'll make 500 bucks, 600 bucks. So there are some agents that they, they've got blinders on. They're yeah. like, you know, first of all, you should get a discount from me. Do you, do you give discounts? You make... Fifteen grand on a, you know, I'm like, why would you want paper, a discount paper? inspector?
0: By the way, you that's crazy. Buy, to me. Right. Same reason why you wouldn't want a discount agent. <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. So, um, yeah, those those are some of the things, and and you know, again, we're a team. As I've had, I've had, you know, agents call. Me. I had one seller call me and say, "You blew my deal, and I'm so mad at you." But then she said, "But I want you to inspect the house I'm buying. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't have that's it both ways." Like right. So, so again, I think this this. It it should be a friendly relationship. I mean, there's agents like you that I've worked with for years and years. And, you know, it's it's we're all part of the same team. We all want the same thing. We want the clients to have the house. I don't want my client to have to do three different inspections. It's better for me, but but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to serve the client. So whatever we can do together to get them across the finish line, that's the whole point of what we do. So so yes. that's that's the biggest thing. We're all on the same team. Just prepare everybody. Make sure inspection, it, expectations are managed. I think it's big.
1: One. Angela, what's your top inspection horror story?
0: Oh fuck! Um, trailer in out east. Oh god, I can't, it like makes me fucking <laughs> have the shivers. Uh huh. Um, it had some homemade skirting made out of OSB and plywood. Um, we needed to get underneath a bit to see what the foundation looked like. Inspector opened it up, and it's ugh, full of snakes.
3: I can't
2: do
1: spiders but
2: spiders I can do oh snakes. no 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 no, no. Yeah. I'll burn
1: the house
3: down
2: yeah for sure yeah I've I've uh you know I've I've ne- I've seen a half a little garter snake one time oh, in the cross God. space but to me they're all cobras I don't care I don't I don't I don't care if it's a it's a garter snake or they're they're all We're gonna done. kill killed yeah you'll see a dirt-shaped hole in the foundation if I see a snake <laughs> anywhere that's in there but but yeah, it's it's uh, you know I, I was in an old old house built in the late 1800s. It was a really tall two story houses. I open up the attic and I'm looking around and I'm face to face with a raccoon, like four feet from me. And I and all I've heard about raccoons is They're they are angry. very territorial. Yes. So I'm just like okay. hatch goes back. Yes. I go down because best home. case scenario he attacks me. I fall 12 feet down on my ladder and. So, yeah, I, I, they're, the, the most important thing about home inspections is my safety and the safety of everybody else there. I will not do anything that I think is dangerous. Now, there are inspectors out there who will be lazy and not get in the crawl space because they don't want to. That's not how it goes. That's part of our job. But safety is the most important Sure.
0: I will say you will never see me and my gigantic hair in a fucking crawl space. Don't even mm-hmm. ask me to go in there. I, I don't, don't care what you see. I'm not going in there with you. Just take a picture of okay. it. And I'll look at it on the report. <laughs> no, I don't yes, care. I'm
1: sorry about that, but I'm not going in there with
2: you. There's no, no reason to, yeah, no, And liability-wise, not. it's probably good that you don't. Yeah. You're not going to go on the roof either. No. So. no.
1: I'm of heights. I don't even want to go on a ladder like one <laughs> run up.
3: Right. Oh, God. I think the hardest now.
1: inspections for me are always the ones with my sellers where stuff comes up that we really want. Oh oh my God. Remember the one I've, I've had some horror stories. (laughs) I remember the one that I had, I think I called you about that too. And I was like, what do I do? Oh Oh. yeah. So we, you were listening. Well, we bought the, we bought the property. Right. Okay. The guy had flipped it and he finished the basement. The house is 10 out of 10. Absolutely beautiful. Buyers come to do like, this is the craziest turn of events ever. Now we're selling the property two years later. The buyers come to do an inspection. Okay. My client during COVID had his job moved to remote. So he had Comcast come out and put higher speed cables in All his right. basement. So they drilled a hole that was like maybe two inches big, um, in the wall to uh, put the wiring in there. Right? Well, the whole, you know, the whole basement was covered up with uh, drywall. So, For some fucking reason, unknown to me for the rest of my life, the buyer's agent's inspector, when they come to inspect the house, he drops his camera down the hole by accident. And when he pulls the camera out, he sees that there were 27 helical piers installed by the seller behind the wall. The guy had not given us any disclosure. He didn't permit it. Like, so then my client had to go and engage an attorney about it. And I call, you know, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Cause I had to call Dirk and be like,
2: right. If it's done right, it, it's great. Oh, yeah, you couldn't, I mean, you,
1: if, if Comcast hadn't drilled this big of a hole in that wall, we would never have done it. This
2: right. And that's, that's the other thing too, is, is what we do is non-invasive visual inspection. I can only see what I can see. You know, I've had people come and say, yeah, you didn't tell me the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, yeah, your contractor ripped the wall out. That's how you can tell, you know? It's, it's one of those things that, that we can't see through walls. We can only see what, what's visible. So, you know, yeah, so. usually
0: the ones here that we have like major issues that people can't always see ahead of time is if we know that it's ever been a meth lab or a marijuana grow. Those right. are the ones where yeah. And as agents, we know what the typical issues are going to be there, but if we're walking into it we have no idea that that's what it is but we start seeing some of those signs then you're like oh shit okay we have to check for this 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 and this
1: and mold um, too like big big mold, mold. like yeah i had a, when i used to list foreclosure properties back in the day for the banks i had one up in um morrison that i mean it was like growing on the walls like it looked like flowers and i was in there for five minutes and i had a nosebleed right. and I had to go to the er like and then you have to tent the whole house like yeah, the, but that like I don't. Math lab is a tough one. Well, and, and again,
2: it's yeah. Uh, people say was that, it non-disclosed it, usually. usually. I don't know. It's I. Marijuana grow to, like there's some
1: signs right, right, but you don't know for sure. So. Well, and,
2: and a lot of a lot of inspectors are retired contractors and things like that. So um, some of them have experience in other places and things like that. But sometimes you know I, I, they may know certain things like. I've done houses for builders and, you know, personal, like, contractors, and things like that. They, they know more than me, and I'm comfortable with that because that's not my job. Right. But, but yeah, when it comes to places like meth, you're, like, I don't, you go into a basement that has extra ventilation, extra power, extra water, lighting. Now, yeah. now, we're talking about extra them. stoves. Right. <laughs> extra stoves. That one I've never seen. Right
0: some, uh, oh, man, we've seen some crazy shit down here, man. I don't know. I've... Like, undisclosed meth labs is one thing as an agent. Like, I don't understand how you don't know that that's a meth lab. Like, have you ever smelled what a meth lab smells like when you weren't ready for it? You walk in and your nose hair is gone. Right. Right. Like, everything inside of you is burning. It's on fire.
1: Disgusting. Yeah, it's
3: in everything.
1: But I think agents have, like we said, big-time blinders on. They go in to get the listing, and and then they just go through the rest of their steps where if they slow down... When they're walking through the listing initially, you can catch a lot of stuff.
2: Well, the the other thing too is is if it's a if it's a rental, um, I've done houses where tenants aren't aware. They don't know. They didn't know that we were coming. Correct. You know, i well, I had uh, a there's an inspector I know that was locked in a crawl space by a tenant. Crawl. He got in the crawl space. The tenant put closed the hatch, put the kitchen table back on top. He was oh ready to call God. the police. Yeah. Yeah, so because tenants sometimes are pissed because they're moving their oh, yeah. house yeah, yeah. potentially, but but yeah, so just make
0: sure everybody's aware. So, I think and I was- inspectors are always early. So if you say you're going to be there at eight, make sure the seller knows that you're probably going to hear somebody on your roof at like 8.45. or 7.45. Yeah. Like it's going to happen.
2: That's, and that's the, the other thing too is i when I'm training new people, I'm like, you do not even approach that. Oh, you don't do anything to that house. Until you ring the doorbell and let them know you're there. Like for me, I don't do inspections at eight because to me that's a little early. So I do ten o'clock, but I'll get there at ten at nine forty five. If there's somebody there, I'll ring the bell. Hey, I'm just getting started on the outside. No, you know, blah blah. But do I've heard I've heard horror stories of people oh, yeah. climbing up on people's roofs and then the the, the kids are getting out of the shower. I'm like that no, you you make sure they know you're there. But yeah, it's it's because you want to get a jump on it a little bit but yeah it's too early is is not a good thing. Yeah.
1: So I think that was an excellent uh learning experience even for me I think.
2: Yeah, we could go on for hours. We could go on for <laughs> hours.
1: I think the most important thing um is that you know you look for a master certified inspection um or ask you know like Angela said for a copy of their inspection report and maybe ask for some references from other agents and um really get to i think know your
0: inspector
3: like mm-hmm. right yeah because it's that I
0: would of- say the number one thing not to do also is if you're a buyer do not bring your father to the fucking home inspection to like mess with your oh. inspector as like a part-time job like
1: your, no. your friend who was a contractor 27 years ago who's been fired by six construction companies right. don't bring that dude either because yeah, like-
2: I've, I've had that i've had the uncle i'm like you know he said, "He said, oh, there wasn't a GF, this old school GFI, there's not a GFCI in the bathroom. I'm like, there isn't a GFCI outlet. But he's like, yeah, but I'm I'm like, if you would it's let me, fi- yeah, if you would it's let like me it. finish what I'm saying, smile. Uh, smile. I would, yes. But you're right. I, I did a house, I counted, 17 people came. Every picture was I had, have- there was somebody, it was family, cousins, everything. No, you know, it should, kids. in
1: my opinion, it's only for the clients and and i do understand like if you have an issue where you know mom and dad flew in to like see the house sure. or like, whatever but like keep them away from the inspector right let the inspector do his job because i've chat
2: those, with them in you the know dad's come in and you know they're flexing on me like all right let's see what this guy knows you know but and i'm like i you know i know what i know and you don't know what my scope is and that kind of stuff so just you know but th- that's a great point you know just if they want to come see the house that's fine but it's best not to get involved in the inspection because it's between us and the buyer.
0: Yeah, if your home inspector shows up in tube socks and new balances that were white but now have grass clippings on it and a fanny pack, you may want to reevaluate your home inspector. Right. It's probably not who you want to use.
2: Right, and and if they come in a button-down Oxford shirt, that's a problem with what? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, because we, right. we're getting be dirty. I swear to God, I'm in the house three minutes and I'm like, how, how yeah. am I filthy already? But yeah. it is going to happen, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: a great point. Well, thank you so much, Dirk, for being with us. We'll put your information in the chat. If you're in Colorado, Dirk is absolutely amazing. He's a certified master inspector with DTI property inspections. And we've worked together, I don't even know how long, years and years, seven, eight eight years. years, um, Yeah, he does a phenomenal job. All my clients love him. They request him when they, you know, buy and sell again. So if you're in Colorado, give him a jingle. But uh, that was fun.
2: It was fun. I appreciate you because... Andrew, you may not even know this. We were at this inspection. Lindsay mentioned her podcast. I'm like, you have a podcast? She's like, yeah, it's a real estate podcast. I'm like, you need to have me on. So <laughs> I appreciate you letting me invite myself because I certainly did.
1: Absolutely. No, I, I, it's good for uh, inspection is like the number one place where a deal will blow up. So right. I'm surprised. Especially that. right now. Yes.
2: Right. Because things have changed. So that's for <laughs> me.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. We we can do this, like I said, hours and hours. So. Yes. Well, we
1: appreciate it so much and we will see you guys next week.
2: Thank
0: you. Angela and Lindsay would love to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Connect with the homegirls on social media at The Real Homegirls Podcast.